Hi everyone and welcome to the Sanya Faruqi show. Today we have somebody joining us from Norway, Nafize Oskar Lorentzen. She's a Turkish Norwegian writer, filmmaker and associate professor at Inland University, Norway. Over the past two decades, she has produced and directed several documentaries related to Islam. As a result of her dedication to LGBTQ rights and human rights activism through her films, she's been named one of the top 10 immigrant role models in Norway. Norway. Her trilogy of films titled Gender Me, A Balloon for Allah and Man Islam brings alive untold stories about Islam. Utilizing her workshop concept, Gender Activism Through Films, she has cooperated with various NGOs in Indonesia, China, Bangladesh, Turkey, Germany and more. Thank you so much, Nafise. It is truly wonderful to have you on the Sanya Faruqi show today. Thank you so much, Sanya. It's so great to be here. I wish I will be just near to you and have tea together. <laughs> but we are we are having tea uh, digitally. <laughs> yes, we are virtual digital uh, catch up time. But uh, thank you. It's wonderful, truly wonderful to have you. Um, and I'm looking forward to our very rich conversation uh, for the next couple of minutes. So Nafisa, you've been a filmmaker for almost over two decades. Uh, you know, your films talk about Islam in various ways, whether LGBT LGBTQ rights, human rights, gender, and you know other minority issues. You've often said gender has been more or less the key concept in your quest into the mystery of Islam. Tell us what got you inspired to choose gender and sexual reformation in Islam as a filmmaker. I think uh, it's a, it's a, it's a little story from my childhood. Uh, I would like to share it to you so you can see why I was so fascinated with gender. Uh, my mother worked as a pediatrician and she was a single mother and we traveled various cities in Turkey um, and I was kind of a tomboy. Um, uh, once uh, a girl came to her um, office uh, with the family and she was really, really so, so amazingly pretty and she had long hair long dress and she was very silent. And uh, so the family, I think, was asking my mother, the kid, I think she was like my age at the time, like six, seven years old type of. And uh, so I, I think the problem was the kid was not talking. So I was really fascinated, this beautiful, beautiful girl, especially her hair, just like, oh, I wish I could have like that. And uh, so what I heard that uh, the family actually, uh, the, the mother had so many miscarriages. Uh, I think she, she lost many baby boys. And uh, when she had her and uh, she, the family decided uh, something very imaginary. Actually, the girl that I have seen was not a girl, it was a boy. And since the mother missed so many kids, so they uh, try not to bring all the bad spirits to this kid and they changed her gender by making that she's, I mean, he is, you know, dressing girl dress. Uh, so the, the, the child has some other traumas, I guess. And, and this child was kind of silent. And I was so fascinated. I mean, I, I remember my fascination of like the family is just, you know, want her, want him to be her and, and why type of thing. And um, the other thing which really affected me when it comes to gender, like 
it was it was not very uh, common at that time that you know um, you know women are divorced. So uh, I was kind of hiding, like you know, my father not with us, but he's kind of some other places type of thing. But many women who didn't have, uh, you know, uh, jobs that the, the society really needed them, they were they were controlled by the society. But the society needed my mother. I mean, she was the only pediatrician, and in order to find a balance that they need her, she's a single mother type of thing. They made her a man. <laughs> so they called my mother, Mr. Tendu. It was in East part of Turkey, a place called Erzincan. And it was like in the seventies. Okay. Yeah. So it's, you can imagine like uh, the six year old girl, me, uh, seeing all the patients they are you know the gender is flowing and then you see that people are calling your mother your mother is a man yeah uh, like they are they are uh, treating your mother as if she were a man we uh, went to uh, you know in the small villages in the east part of turkey it was not very common to have a woman without a man but with a child and she is, in a way, you know, serving the community. I mean, she's a doctor. Yeah. So, uh, but I found that the gender uh, gender thing that we are dealing with in the traditional societies, the, the people have actually lots of imagination. I mean, gender is not blocked. When they need it, they find out, you know, I mean, if they need you and me, uh, in a very traditional society, if they need storytellers like us, so uh, they can find the ways in which they can accept the gender, but maybe they cannot ac accept the same things for, for another woman. So this imagination was, I think it was just amazing. I, I felt like it was kind of bizarre when I was uh, growing up, but, um, but um yeah, I think it is it is incredible. <laughs> the yeah. People are so, very pragmatic. No, it is uh, because um, obviously it had a strong impact on you. And that's why, you know, when you decided that um, the films that you're going to work on initially, you did cover a lot of LGBTQ rights. What made you get into um, filming that and why did you choose the Muslim society? Because A, I think when you made these films, they were also at a time and period when LGBT was not something that people spoke openly, or people came out not as much as what they're doing today. These were very hush-hush conversations. How easy or difficult was it for you to A, as a storyteller, navigate through this subject and this topic? And also, um, why did you choose to do this? I have lots of friends in LGBTQ community and I am very dedicated. I'm an, uh, what can I say? I'm a hetero LGBT activist. Uh, so, uh, so in order to be, you know, in order to fight for the rights of your friends, you don't need to, I mean, have, share the same uh, gender identity. Uh, or sh share the same nationality. It's just like because we are living in this one world and, and we have to fight for each other's rights. So uh, to answer your question is again, uh, I 
think my fight is not like, you know, the, the, not only the rights of LGBT community, but it is just to uh, create a new awareness and understanding about our double moral. Uh, so again, um, I'm not sure if you know, there is a Turkish uh, singer, his name is Zeki Muran. Uh, he passed away many years ago, uh, but he is like, I mean, he is the icon in Turkey. And, uh, and he was homosexual. And not only that, he was also a drag queen. So he was uh, the biggest fascination I have had when I was a kid. I mean, I love to just watch him with all these, you know, very, 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 uh, yeah, fancy uh, mini shorts and uh, like peacock dress and lots of makeup and everything. And he was a great artist and everyone, really everyone, even though in their mind and heart, they are against LGBT, they loved Zeki Moran. And it was not an issue, like if he's gay or not, no. He was like our, uh, we called him, Sanat Güneşi, our, our son of art type of thing. And my grandma was taking me to the concerts and to see him. And I was seeing all these women like getting crazy to hear his voice. So then I realized that, I mean, when you really make your art and if you really come to this level and then people just, they, they kind of accept you but they find stories to accept you. And uh, so this is this double moral is very, very interesting for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you can see uh, mothers and, and fathers, uh, they are against their kids of being, uh, you know, gays and lesbians, uh, but they, while they are against, when they are fighting with their kids, they are hearing Zeki Muran and crying because, you know, he opens uh, their hearts. This doubleness is very fascinating for me. Yeah. So this is what I would like to bring. I would like to bring the awareness of the very conservative people and ask them, you know, who really affects you? I mean, whenever you feel so sad, which song you like? And remember the one who is singing these songs, maybe, you know, he is or she is like the ones that you don't like. <laughs> so I just want to bring this awareness. So this is this is my little fight. <laughs> nice. Um, before I get to my next question, I want to show our audience a clip from your latest film, Serenata's Sex, Revolution and Islam. So let's uh, quickly look at it and get back. Was eine Hurentochter, diese Seran? You are a disgrace to Islam and Muslims. Fuck you, old bitch. Seyran Atej, ladies and gentlemen. You have to see the reality. Islam needs a sexual revolution. And so I decided to be a female imam. Oh, my father, who was the geheißen war? We are living in the 21st century. But we are teaching Islam like in the 7th century. Okay, show me where is it written. I'm not allowed to do this, I'm not allowed to do that. Show me. 
you have a fatwa against you. I have police protection since 2006. There are a lot of people who are willing to kill me. Ich wurde von mindestens zwei Kugeln getroffen. Hier. Hier. Und hier. Und ich hatte noch mal Stimme. I still get goosebumps each time I watch that trailer. Tell us about Seren. She's one of the first female imams of Europe. And she, she's been through a lot. She's been attacked, shot by bullets. What made you identify and choose her as a character for your film? And, um, you know, she herself is also a very guarded individual. Literally, she has uh, security and protection and with so many things going on around her, how easy or difficult was it to film with her to enter her world? And also from her side, how easy or difficult was it for her to allow you into her personal space? Absolutely. Uh, Seyran is a very, very powerful woman, but besides being powerful, she is so real. Uh, so, her being so real is so fascinating because she's not like, you know, whenever you criticize Islam, she's not like, oh, what about, you know, you do also have some same things in your culture and my culture, your culture. She doesn't deal with these type of things. I mean, she is very clear uh, what she is fighting for. Uh, she can agree with even uh, the people that she shouldn't agree with. <laughs> so uh, she agrees with people that people think that she should agree with. I mean, she, she, she doesn't care, actually. Uh, but she is into uh, her uh, mission. I mean, if you agree with her mission, fine. And she doesn't ask you if you belong to the clan or not. So this, I think, is very fascinating. And this type of intellectuals that we really need in our time. And uh, I think the film is a journey uh, through Seyran's life uh, from her humble beginning as a, as a Muslim girl in Turkey's slums to a female leader uh, daring to challenge her own religion. And this daring is really, which really, um, in a way, triggered my, my, my uh, voyage. So uh, Seyran uh, continues to travel around the world as a human rights and LGBTQ activist. And yes, she is the most police protected civilian woman, the most police protected civilian woman in Europe. Wow. So uh, Seyran rebels against extremism, which I think it is very important, and hate against hate in the name of peace and love. So she is, uh, you know, uh, just I, just to tell about the journey, like uh, actually my mother introduced me, Seyran, because she read an article in New York Times and she said that now you are working about female imams, but I mean, here you have Seyran Atesh, read this. And I read it and then believe me, I just bought the ticket and I uh, traveled to Berlin. And it was a very amazing experience to meet her first time. Uh, actually, in the film, the shot that we are seeing her with the bodyguards, that was my first shot. I mean, before I 
I said hi to her. I had this, <laughs> you know, I was filming her. Uh, so it was not so easy at the beginning because it was not easy to enter. You know, there are so many barriers. Uh, there are so many bodyguards. Like when we were uh, filming her first time in the mosque, so I couldn't uh, lock the, I, we couldn't, you know, close the door. Uh, so the bodyguard should be with us. I mean, there, there, there were many restrictions, but it was just amazing. Like we really found uh, each other through uh, stories and through our mission. And Seyran, uh, thanks God, she really opened me uh, her, her, her life. Yeah. And uh, she told me like, you know, at least, I mean, 30, 40 different uh, TV channels like CNN, yeah, you name it. <laughs> they were interested to make a documentary about her. So she said yes to me. And I, I and the other thing is I'm an independent documentary filmmaker. So I do not, you know, make things by kind of, you know, order or advertisement. Her mother loves the film. Oh. So when Seyran's mother loves the film, so <laughs> of course it's, it's important that Seyran, yeah. Seyran agrees with the film and loves the film. Uh, which is very important, but I mean, nothing is more important that her mother loves yeah. the film. Then it is just like, yeah, it's finished. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I like the uh, fact, like when you said that she's also very real, she's very human. The fact that you started, um, you know, one of the main scenes that begins is her conversation with her mother. So even that for you to be able to do was, uh, I think is quite an achievement because it's a very personal lens and a very personal zoom that you're doing into the life of Seran and the conversation with her mother and her nephew, which follows around. So um, I think it's, it's, it's a great, great achievement and a great film. And, um, you know, she is a larger than life character. So I think it's- Yes, exactly. Yeah, she is definitely larger than life. She is. Uh, what kind of reaction have you got from the community? Because Seran is also um, somebody who talks about LGBTQ rights. I'm again bringing this back because within the Muslim community, these are very harsh, harsh topics. They're considered haram, they're considered illegal, they're considered like, you know, there are countries that probably kill you for coming out, uh, you know, if, if you say that you are LGBTQ. So it is a controversial topic. What kind of response have you got so far? I know right now we're in the middle of the pandemic and everything is virtual and digital. So um, with all of those things in mind, what's the kind of response that you've got? Uh, when it comes to respond, uh, response to the film, so the film has been screened in many festivals. Uh, unfortunately, all the festivals were online and yeah. I was kind of traveling, you know, within one hour from different <laughs> countries. So, uh, so in that sense, I think the audience uh, really loved it. Uh, we have got incredible reviews uh, from very good uh, newspapers and periodicals uh, but uh, I didn't get any response from very conservative people uh, probably they haven't uh, heard about the film and haven't seen the film uh, so uh, I, I really would like to show the film uh, in a mosque if they can allow me. Uh, and I think uh, Seyran also would like to, you know, uh, show the film and uh, hear uh, the 
how the other side is receiving the film. So, and I think this film will uh, create bridges between uh, how uh, we have different ways of seeing Islam. I have been working with Sarah Natesh in the last three years. And uh, so we have, I, I'm always telling her what type of images I have in my mind and why I'm in a way bringing kind of metaphoric way of telling her story. And she really loved it. I mean, she, because she has been interviewed with many uh, TV stations, radio stations all around the world. And uh, so the interviews are mostly uh, related to her, her work. And it is, uh, it is related to uh, her mission. But I, want, I told her that I would like to bring uh, the metaphors. I would like to, you know, build my film uh, with images, dreams. And I actually would like to go in her mind. <laughs> so I asked her, could you just give me the key that I can go in your mind? And she... She said, yes, yeah, you have the key. So uh, so this is how it started. Your films do harbor gender sensitive issues. Uh, you're a Muslim woman yourself. So when you're out there making films on, you know, the various topics as we discuss, LGBTQ, Islam, speaking to fundamentalists or people from extremely conservative societies and countries, how do you navigate that space does your own gender and religion bring burden to the set or does it work in your favor? Um, I think, you know, I do not have, uh, it's kind of like, you know, if you are colorblind, you cannot distinguish the colors. And I think I'm kind of burden blind. I sometimes cannot distinguish the burdens that I have been facing. So, because I am very dedicated, uh, sometimes I just go, you know, this way. <laughs> I'm very dedicated to the mission. I mean, the mission for me is uh, to, to tell the stories in a different way, which a person who totally, I mean, totally uh, disagrees with me will have some kind of a feeling in his or her heart. So this is like my mission. So in order to reach this mission, so I have to get rid of, uh, first, of first of all, my nefs, my, uh, my ego, when I'm uh, working on these topics. And then I should uh, bring my curiosity uh, in a very positive way that people, even they don't agree with me, they will uh, start the conversation. So I met people who uh, gave uh, food soldiers to Al-Qaeda. Uh, I talked to them when I was working in Money Islam and I never hide my, you know, my ideas. I never just, you know, pretend, oh, I like your ideas type of thing. And I say, I'm there and you are there and I really want to understand you. I mean, this is sincerely, I really want to understand you because my goal is to build bridges between you and me. You know, as a filmmaker, it's obviously difficult to enter the world. And, and I think um, you that is something that you do very easily and you do very comfortably, um, you know, to be able to 
like you said go into the mind of 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 the person the key to a person's mind to tell their bigger broader stories what about you know as a filmmaker i want to understand do you face sexism um misogyny in the industry has it ever occurred or has has there been such challenges where because of your gender you were not able to do your films or you were not able to get funding or you were not able to um produce a story that you wanted to produce has your own gender ever been a challenge uh, uh honestly when it comes to funding i think uh, my gender is not uh, an issue and i'm uh, i mean i uh, like i mean i have uh, i have been uh, working in this business for two decades at least uh, so uh, i have i mean my films have done quite well and when several festivals, you know, when one film is finished and my friends say that, oh, it will be so easy for you to do the next film. Everything will be smooth. And it's, it's never like that. Uh, like, I mean, like for Seyran's film, uh, so when I'm applying to the project, uh, it's because of kind of my mind is very metaphorical and very, very surreal. And at the very beginning, like the... Uh, commissioning editors they don't really believe it they always say mm, you should just be you know one thing you don't have so many layers type of thing but it is my art and I don't compromise for that so I always at least I get I don't know like three no and then I insist and they think that oh my god she's going to apply for 10 years we should get rid of her and they gave me some money <laughs> I insist. That's... I mean, you don't want me, really? Oh, okay. I, 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 I joined the club. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't have the luxury of being hurt and being very sensitive, and uh, and 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 complain. So, uh, but in that sense, I have found my way of communication. I, I stay. I insist. But I have had very, very gentle, um, how can I describe it? I got so many gentle uh, racism, gentle sexism. It is so gentle that you don't know how to handle. I mean, I, I, I feel very comfortable when I'm together with people I mean, they are really on the other side of the other side that we don't have the same images or same understanding of life when I know where they are so I can really communicate because all my, you know, system, I know how to communicate with them. But this gentle, white, educated, not only men, men and women, uh, and, you know, sometimes talking to me about this, you know, the techniques. Oh, excuse me. What did you say? Uh, can you repeat again? Uh, type of thing, you know, this gentle exclusion and the gentle uh, way of uh, saying, you know, you are not one of us. You see that? This type of this, you know, the... Uh, the, 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 the gestures, gentle gestures, gentle exclusion, I think it is so fascinating. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but you did face backlash for one of your films, A Gift from God, which is about the military coup in Turkey in 2019. And following that film, you can no longer travel back to Turkey. Um, you spent almost three years working on that film. So tell us a little about it and how did this film change your life? And this film also is slightly different from the kind of films that you've made. So what made you choose to a make this film and uh, you know did you ever anticipate the kind of reaction or the response that you got once the film was out yeah um uh, i directed uh, a gift from god together with jorgen lorenson who is my partner and he is also my producer but in this film so we worked uh, as co-directors uh, so Jorgen is also coming from academics and he's also a journalist. So A Gift from God has a different style than my other films and it is more kind of journalistic uh, film. So what we wanted to bring, what we wanted to do with this film is to uh, create a platform that we can uh, collect, you know, uh, several uh, questions and and ask what happened to that night and uh, uh, and do you see that Turkey is really going to a very police state fascistic police state uh, so these are the things that we would like to uh, bring uh, on surface uh, and uh, as I told you like in my previous films I have interviewed uh, Salafists I have interviewed uh, people who are, you know, finding foot soldiers to Al-Qaeda. I mean, I have interviewed intellectuals who are uh, anti-Islam. I mean, I have interviewed people from, uh, it's like kind of a rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> but in this film, we also interviewed uh, Gülen, uh, who is the uh, main target of uh, Erdogan. So that was it. Like, I mean, like people even didn't see the film. And then when they hear that uh, we interview Gulam, how can you do that? I mean, uh, what, why? Why shouldn't I? I mean, I can interview anyone and everyone. It doesn't mean that I agree with them. Absolutely not. And especially one, for me, the, the strongest story in the film is a family uh, from uh, Izmir. Uh, they uh, lost their son in the bridge uh literally uh, his head was cut so i mean when i was really interviewing this family and talking to them about their son um so i was i mean of course i was there professionally i was listening to them but when i when, when we were finished when we sat in the car and said bye bye to them i was just crying several hours it is so strong to you know, hear the uh, painful stories of people. And then at the end, you know, some mass majority supporting, supporters of Erdogan condemning these people as terrorists. I think it is just like, I, I just can't accept that. Yeah. So, uh, and I don't regret that we have done this film and we will do more things, I hope. Yeah. 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 Likewise. Um, 
it's it's difficult turkey is one of the toughest and amongst the worst countries when it comes to freedom of expression journalism and activism uh, now that you are also a professor what would your message be for younger for the younger generation living in turkey who want to be storytellers and filmmakers how can they navigate this space given how restricted um, creative art anything to do with art and filmmaking journalism has become now uh, Turkey right now, uh, especially President Erdogan, he is trying to create the images that uh, people, uh, you are nothing, I am, you know, I, the president, is the most powerful person and I can decide, you know, or he says he can decide anything and everything. So this is the image that he gives to, to, uh, to people and then that's the reason that people are kind of silent. And uh, so my, uh, my um, message to young uh, Turkish uh, people who would like to tell their stories, uh, number one, uh, be international. Uh, there is an international community who is taking, you know, who is really, uh, who has uh, incredible feelings about Turkey because Turkey is a very, important country, uh, both geopolitics and culturally. Uh, so my real message is there is an international community uh, who really uh, cares about you and spread your network. We're running out of time, so my last question to you is, which amongst all of your films is your favorite one? And is there any film or a character that you relate to? Uh, I really cannot answer to this question because, uh, you know, when I'm working with my films, I'm very dedicated. I'm almost like too dedicated, like I only see them. <laughs> And uh, so when I start to a new project, so I forget about the other films. It's just like, I don't own my films. Yeah. It's what uh, uh, I, when I'm working on it, so I'm very dedicated, but when I finish, so it belongs to audience. So that is, uh, so I, I just move <laughs> to another place. So it's, I, I can't answer it. I'm sorry. Okay. That's fine. But um, on that note, we're going to wrap up. Thank you so much. You know, you, um, you're you an extraordinary filmmaker and a storyteller, and you've done a few of the most courageous projects. So um, hat, hats off for that. And good luck for all the future projects that you're working on. And I look forward to, you know, your future screenings. And um, thank you again so much for coming on the Sanya Faruqi show. It was truly Wonderful and an absolute honor speaking to you today. Thank you so much, Sania. It has been a great pleasure to, to meet you and talk to you. You are so inspiring and you also give lots of place that we can bring our stories to, to many other uh, young women and uh, young men. Or uh, yeah, I, I really would like to meet you in India. Inshallah. Likewise, likewise. <laughs> I hope we do once this pandemic is over and, and you know, we, it would be wonderful to meet you. So, no, thank you so much. It's, it's been thank you so much. great chatting with you. Please stay safe and uh, good luck with all your other projects. And thank you for Thanks. your thoughts on the Sanya Faruqi show as well. I truly appreciate that. Thank you so much.
And for those of you who've tuned in, thank you so much for watching. I hope that you will subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and also subscribe to our newsletter to keep up with all the updates on the Sanya Faruqi show. I'm going to be seeing you again next week. Bye-bye.